0: Hello, and welcome back to the Canadian Money Roadmap podcast. I'm your host, Evan Neufeld. Today, we are talking about a bit more of a hot topic these days, whether you should be renting or buying your next home. Jordan, this is an interesting topic today. This is something that is showing up in headlines all the time, especially as interest rates are going up. People are thinking about it. Houses are more expensive than they ever have been. So I hope you've got all the answers today. Can we count on you for that? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I got them all. So uh, listen up here. Perfect. Let's go. <laughs> the real reason that we want to talk about it today is that because it's becoming such a popular discussion or let's call it a necessary discussion, is that the median cost of a home Is going up like crazy.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, just a quick number here to kind of set the framework in the 1970s the median cost of a home was about 3 times the median family or household income and in 2021 it was 6 times so in in about 40 50 years there we can see that it's almost doubled in relative terms from you know the cost of the home compared to your income and so that's that's a significant increase and we can kind of see how it's becoming maybe harder for people to get into the home ownership
0: game yeah this is objectively a metric that deals with affordability it's like well inflation drives up prices and it's like yeah okay that's that's fine but if your income keeps up with it at the same rate then we can continue to have the same conversation but if the price of a home goes up at twice the speed of your income something's got to give yeah it just it's it becomes less affordable <laughs> i guess in in simple terms okay so the benefits of home ownership are pretty well widely known and accepted so Today, we wanted to maybe give a little bit more of the other side of the coin. We can talk about some of the benefits of owning as well. So this isn't a you should be renting instead of buying. But if you're having this conversation, the arguments in favor of renting are fewer and far between. So maybe this uh, podcast can be an additional resource for you as you're trying to determine what is most realistic for you when determining where you should live.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good summary, Evan. Just to kind of follow up on, uh, you know, the joke to, to start there, we don't have the answers here. I think this is a very much it depends on your situation, sort of question. However, there are some, some definitely some standard considerations and questions that you can be asking as you go through this process of, should I rent or should I buy? That are are going to be applicable to to you know pretty much everyone as they're they're trying to navigate this.
0: Perfect. Let's start with location, location, location. It matters. (laughs) It does. It really does. Have you ever rented in a bad location or a particularly good location?
1: We rented a few different places. Uh, One was a basement suite. Nice, new, clean space. It was nice. We also rented an older apartment. Maybe had some little critters that joined us, Uh perhaps. And uh, so that, I don't know.
0: I don't know if that's bad. I'd call that bad, yeah. probably. Location's important. Location's important. <laughs> yeah. So on the other end, for me, I had the the privilege of renting really close to the university here in Saskatoon. There's a neighborhood called Varsity View that is uh, notoriously expensive. And I don't know how we managed to snag it, but it was an awesome place to rent right nearby the university. And I wouldn't have moved out of there for pretty much anything. The cost was higher than I've rented in the past, but I could go from door to door to my class walking in a snowstorm in 15 minutes.
1: That's great. What more do you want? I think too, when we're talking here about, you know, locally in, in Saskatoon, there's a difference between Varsity View and the suburbs versus some other neighborhoods, perhaps. But as we zoom out geographically to, you know, location, Saskatoon versus Calgary versus Vancouver versus Toronto, there's a big difference there on, on affordability and... Uh, price of home versus rent, as we all know, but uh, location really matters and where you're wanting to
0: live makes a big difference. Yeah, you're right. So not even just the part of your specific city, but whatever city you decide to land into. We are perhaps a little bit more biased here, maybe towards buying than the average listener might be just because we are in Saskatoon and both of us are homeowners, but it is more affordable than the average city in, in the country. But I know you listener are maybe finding yourself in Toronto or Vancouver or Calgary or places that are a little bit more expensive. So maybe, maybe take some of these thoughts with a grain of salt or try to apply it to your situation anyways, and just start to ask yourself a few more questions. So to summarize the location aspect, could I have owned as a student in the prime real estate here in Saskatoon? No, it's not even an option, but was my life objectively better by renting there? Absolutely. So maybe consider your personal stage of life and whether being close to work, close to family, something like that is actually more important than just owning. So looking into your personal situation a little bit more, what are some of those other factors that you want to consider before pulling the the trigger on buying a home?
1: Yeah. One thing I think you'll want to look at is your current debt and, and debt levels. Typically, home ownership comes with a mortgage, which includes leverage where we're borrowing money for the purpose of of buying a house. If you have other debt at potentially a higher interest rate than, than your mortgage rate, and potentially much, much higher in the case of a credit card, for example, that would be one thing to consider, I guess, maybe for paying
0: down that higher interest before you take on more debt in the form of a mortgage. Yeah, it can be hard to even qualify for a mortgage if you have too many payments going elsewhere first. So your lender will realize that you have limited cash flow, that as we all do. And then where's that cash flow going to go? And that's your your debt servicing requirement there. So on the other end of that coin is the stability of your income. If you've changed jobs recently or if you're in commissioned sales role or something like that where your income fluctuates a lot, that might make it very difficult to qualify for a mortgage for the purpose of buying. I think another interesting personal situation
1: is flexibility. You know, this kind of comes back to the stage of life point that you made, Evan, but how likely will you want to move in the future? Are you ready to settle down? As a student, you know, you're maybe still figuring out what career looks like and where you're going to end up and all that sort of thing. So flexibility is perhaps more important, but as time goes on, maybe your family's growing, you feel more settled in a community in a place. And so maybe that conversation changes, but if flexibility is important to you, you lose that with home ownership. You are a little bit more tied down and it's harder. It's it's not impossible, of course, but it
0: is harder to switch where you're living if you own that place. And more expensive. We're going to get into that a little bit more later, but beyond that, looking at your values. So... Do you care about making a place your own? Do you care if you've got a wacky paint job in your place that your landlord picked? Maybe homeownership wasn't something that was ever modeled for you. Or maybe the opposite, where you're being highly encouraged by your parents or family members or friends that you got to buy a house. You got to buy a house. Maybe that's not a priority for you. Do you want to plant roots in a community? We don't have the answers to these questions necessarily, but again, like we mentioned at the top... These are just hopefully food for thought questions that you can add to your roster as you're trying to make your decision. Now, this is one of my least favorite comments to hear. There's some merit to it perhaps, but let's talk about the other side of the coin of renting is just throwing money away. Exactly, exactly. You should be owning. Renting is throwing it away. (laughs) So when it comes to owning, any homeowners listening to this podcast right now start thinking about all the costs that you have. as It relates to your home ownership that are just throwaway costs. Things like your insurance, property tax, maintenance, interest, utilities, condo fees, legal and moving costs, closing costs. A lot of those things provide value and they're necessary, but they don't provide any additional value over your situation in renting. Not even close. Yeah. If we're comparing if we're going back to the rent versus buy conversation or
1: comparison, we need to really make sure that we're comparing apples to apples. And if we're doing that, then we need to make sure that we're considering the all-in costs of ownership. And Evan, you touched on a bunch there. Transaction costs, if you're switching homes, are also in there. So we want to need to compare that to the all-in costs of rent. And you know that might be a rent payment, maybe some utilities, maybe some renter's insurance, but typically. That's about it. And all those other things are paid by,
0: by the landlord or, or whoever owns the building that you're staying in. Not only paid for, but are the responsibility of, right? So if you're looking at a situation where you struggle to budget and especially planning for a hypothetical large purchase, like a new roof or maybe a renovation or even smaller things like a new water heater and whatnot. If that kind of stuff happens, if you're in a rental, that's your landlord's problem. Absolutely. So budgeting is a lot simpler because, and even for emergency funds, I've talked about emergency funds a number of times on the podcast, and the number of emergencies that you can have as a renter are way fewer than when you're an owner.
1: Yeah. There's less risk, I would say, involved with 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 renting and ownership. Okay.
0: Now- Let's look at the other Taking side of the other coin. side here. Yeah, <laughs> let's do the other side. Yeah. go ahead.
1: So when we're calculating the ownership costs, we just need to make sure that the mortgage payments that we're considering—you know, mortgage is a, a payment of interest as well as principal. Though, and that principal is really building equity in your home. And so, if we consider the mortgage payment as part of our all-in costs, we need to consider that hey, we do have an asset here that we are uh, building equity into, and so. The Financial posted an interesting study back in 2021, so it's it's pretty recent. This is going to come out a little little bit biased here, but they basically compared a bunch of different markets and housing types here in Canada. There was 278 of them, and when comparing the comparative cost of ownership versus renting, ownership won in 91 percent of the cases. So it was it was an overwhelming majority in almost all situations where the true cost of ownership, considering the equity
0: that you are building in your home was less than comparing it to rent. And so one of the things that they considered there was the appreciation in the value of the home. Is that considered an opportunity cost in this case?
1: Yeah, I I think that's
0: fair. That you would be foregoing by renting. Okay, so the caveat here, of course, is the same caveat we have with investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and whatever, is that past performance does not... Indicate future returns or guarantee them or anything like that. So, when you're looking at past data on, oh, it was a better deal in the past to do it, but are home prices in Canada going to continue to go up at exactly the same rates? Sure, hope not. They might. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know, right? Yeah. So, we can't say, okay, well, 91% of the time it was a better deal to own, maybe over the next three decades. It's not as obvious. That might not be as true. Absolutely.
1: I think the other, touching on the opportunity cost there, if you are going to own, you need to save up something for a down payment. And so not to get into the exact rules here, but you know, minimum is 5% up to half a million. And then beyond that, to get away from CMHC insurance, you're going to need 20% down payment. Well, that's a significant amount of money and a barrier to entry, certainly in, in more expensive markets here in Canada, to, to getting in. But it also touches on that opportunity cost where if that money is being saved and stocked away for the purpose of a down payment, that means you can't use that that money elsewhere, investing, traveling, spending, wh- whatever the case might be. And so just something to consider with, with ownership.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the value of ownership then again, and just the historical value that it actually has provided. So for those people who were homeowners in 2016, the average home in Canada price was 438 thousand, and then coming up to the end of last year, then in August of 21, average home price was all the way up to 738 thousand. That's an increase of 300 grand.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's in an incredible five increase. Years. Now, one caveat on that is that is Canada wide. Your wherever you are listening, wherever geographic location you you live in, and you're considering this decision on may likely will not follow that exact same increase, right? It's going to be, it depends on your situation. But yeah, housing prices have increased dramatically in in recent times here.
0: Right. Here in Saskatoon and in the prairies, a little bit more, even on the East Coast, prices haven't appreciated at the same level as they have in Toronto and Vancouver and, and the areas around there. But the vast majority of homes and people live there. So the average gets a little bit skewed, a little bit. Maybe I'll jump in here and make a a pitch for moving out to the prairies. It's cold, but man, we got space. Hey, it's a beautiful, sunshiny
1: (laughs) uh, spring day here. The snow is melting fast. It's beautiful. That's great. I think another point here for ownership, a book that I know, Evan, you've read and I've breezed through a little bit too is called The Wealthy Renter. And one of the topics that it touches on there is is ownership is really forced savings to some extent. You are putting money into your mortgage payment every month, but that, like we talked about, is building equity in an asset that at some point, you know, you hopefully will be able to realize the value of that in, in one way or another. And so in some ways you could look at it as a forced savings Renting doesn't have that, right? Like renting is truly all the money is gone to the landlord or utilities or maybe some insurance costs like we, like we talked about. So if you are renting, I think in all cases, there's a case for a financial plan being important and saving and thinking about the future. But just be aware that I guess, you know, ownership is kind of forcing you to do some automatic savings every month
0: right off the top. That's a good point. And as you've heard on my podcast and as I've said to to clients that the more you can automate your good habits, the better. So let's talk about the renting situation there. The argument for renting, if the all-in cost of owning is higher, then the opposite is then true, where the all-in cost of renting is likely lower. But what do you do if you're then renting? Say you could afford to buy, but you're choosing to rent. There's a gap there then between what your are all in rent costs and what you're all in ownership would be. And so what are you doing with that money? That difference, I think, is very important. If that goes to spending more, that's OK. Like, that's totally fine. And in many cases, that's necessary, especially if you have young kids or a single income, things like that you got to make ends meet. And so renting might be the way to make ends meet. But if you're trying to make the optimal long-term, what increases my net worth the most, you got to be making a really significant decision with the difference between your all in rent and your all in ownership cost.
1: Yeah. You need to be diligent, diligent with that extra, those extra dollars that you have.
0: If you have TFSA room, there might be a good place to put it. <laughs> uh, TFSA is a great choice. Great choice. Okay, so if we're trying to compare the price of owning to the price of renting, every region is going to have a bit of a different ratio between what is affordable for each and what is common for each. And how do you know then? Is there a number that we can use?
1: Yeah, um, there's, this is an interesting kind of an interesting metric that we'll we'll try and do our best to explain here over over this medium but the price to rent ratio effectively takes the median home price in that area and divides it by the median annual rent again in that area higher than 21 means that it's cheaper to rent in that area so San Francisco in 2019 its price to rent ratio was over 50 I think we all know that San Francisco is an expensive place to live. Over 50 is a is a high number. So we can do this from a Canada perspective as well. We can look at Saskatoon versus Vancouver. There's different median home prices in those areas and there's different median annual rent. So you can cu- calculate some sort of number. Coming back to the San Francisco example, with a ratio of over 50 for every $1,000 in rent that you'd spend, you'd have to pay $601,000 to buy something comparable so at 4000 you know just simple math at $4000 rent per month that's approximately 2.4 million dollars to buy a comparable property at that levels it's cheaper to rent because your mortgage your simple you simply just your mortgage payment on a 2.4 million dollar property well exceeds that $4000 rent so we can kind of see how in that case since it's well over that ratio of 21 you'd be better off, or, or I shouldn't say that, it's cheaper to rent in that area when comparing to home ownership.
0: Yeah, better off is always the, the tricky thing because yeah. you only know it in hindsight, right? And renting versus buying, you're starting from square one, hoping that you have a good handle on what's gonna happen over the next 30 plus years, and you never really know. So when we use a ratio like this, of course, it's not cut and dry, it's not predictive of the future necessarily, but it helps. Rules of thumb ratios that we can use here, they're just little helpers to improve our decision making. And so this one, the price to rent ratio of 21 might be a good place to start. I'll have a couple of links in the show notes here to take a look at some recent data on the average rental price in most major cities across the country. And then some more data showing the average price of a home that was purchased across Canada. It's a little bit more interactive than the rental one, but you should be able to come up with approximate numbers there that you can use to compare for your city. Okay, let's summarize some of the things that we talked about here. So the first section that we discussed was considering your personal situation. What do you value? What kind of flexibility do you want or need? What is the stability of your cash flow? What's your budget? Even if you can afford a house, should you? you know like what does that actually mean so like should you have as much money being diverted to your house as any other things so whether you rent or buy you should have a budget and stick to it and you want to avoid the creep of cost and expenditures and with a home it's a lot harder to stay in check with that yep
1: absolutely it can it can sneak up but i think in either case it's still relevant and it's important as we allocate a fixed amount of dollars every month every year to, to have that budget and,
0: and try and stick to it as best as possible. There's a few other macro influences. So big picture things that we didn't really talk about as much, but they're important because they help determine the opportunities that you have to either rent or buy and the cost of each. So things like interest rates, the location that you want to be in and even who your landlord is. I've had the blessing of having really, really good landlords And I know a lot of people that have had a really bad situation. Sometimes you have a corporate landlord and you're dealing with a property manager or something like that, or you might be dealing with a widow or a friend or something like that. Someone who's really reasonable and you might live in their basement and you might even build a bit of a friendship with them. That's not really a great thing to be able to consider necessarily, but if you're looking at a rental, take a look at who your landlord is and that might help make the decision too. Finally, At the end of the day, you got to consider the economics of it. What is the all-in cost of renting versus buying, and are you actually able to save up for a down payment? At the end of the day, if you want to be an owner, you're never going to convince yourself to be a renter, I don't think. But you still have to make the numbers work in either case. And so make sure that you're comparing apples to apples as much as possible. And once you consider a number of these other things that we talked about today, hopefully you'll make a decision that you can at least be comfortable with, even though it might not be perfect in the long run. At the end of the day, you've got a roof over your head and four walls.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a great summary, Evan. You know, we're not, we're not saying one is better than the other here, but hopefully just providing some food for thought. So, you know, you can be confident in whatever
0: decision you make. Awesome. Thanks again for listening today. We really appreciate it. We've got a number of great reviews on the podcast recently. Uh, Some funny ones too. Shout out to Spencer Meisner there for the awesome review. If you haven't seen it, go over to Apple Podcasts and take a look at that. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd love it if you'd share it with a friend or a family member, someone you think that would uh, benefit from it, any of our previous episodes as well. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Canadian Money Roadmap Podcast. Any rates of return or investments discussed are historical or hypothetical and are intended to be used for educational purposes only. You should always consult with your financial, legal, and tax advisors before making changes to your financial plan. Evan Neufeld is a certified financial planner and registered investment fund advisor. Mutual funds and ETFs are provided by Sterling Mutuals, Inc.